Hey everybody, welcome to the Beautiful Shifts podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Chantel. We're so excited to share with you some inspiring stories. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now it's easier to walk I can see the road before me I am not afraid to fall Hey, welcome to the podcast today. Today, I'm so excited. We have Kim Christensen with us, and Kim is an old friend of mine. Um, We went to middle school together. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, we'll hear more about kind of Kim ended up moving away in high school and had kind of a fun story there. But yeah, so I'm just super excited we were able to get her on. She's got a lot of um, interesting life transitions and I think a lot of fun things to share with us today. So Chantel's yeah. going to read her bio. Yeah. So hi, Kim. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to have you today. Happy so to awesome. Okay. I'll read your bio and guess summary of your transitions we're going to talk about. So Kim is a mom of three kids, including a new teenager and two adorable Holland Lot Bunnies. She's been a writer her whole life and has had the opportunity to work as a magazine, newspaper, and broadcast journalist and co-owner of Promptly Journals. She just launched an online creative writing course for kids called Write for Life. Kim is also an avid reader and is working on her third novel. She shares her book recommendations at TalkWordy to Me. And we'll give all of um, Kim's kind of where to follow her and where to find her at the end. So you can, yeah, find her novels and her class and her journals and all of that. So Yeah, and we'll link it on our social media as well. So so today we're going to talk about a few different transitions. One is kind of going from a stay-at-home mom to an entrepreneur, as well as taking a break or gap year. And oh, it looks like, and so you're going to take... Um, start school in January. So that's another big transition. She's also transitioning out of being as present and building on Instagram as much in favor of keeping more moments to myself, which it is kind of a hard balance. What does she share if it goes along with your, you know, your business and stuff and even your interests as well as like keeping the. Yeah, I'm sure that's a lot. And I love your account. It's so fun. Your talk wordy to me account and you do like tons of fun recommendations and so it's so fun to follow but yeah you're probably like balancing it all is probably quite the trick sometimes so yeah thank you for saying that but yeah for sure it's it's an ebb and a flow I would say in terms of feeling like I want to be there and have things that are valuable to share and times when I need to step back so yeah it's always always learning for sure yeah Yeah. I think just with the new technology new ways of getting things out there. We all are working on the balance of that. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because we're the first, like my mom says often, she's like, I'm so glad I didn't have Facebook or Instagram when I was a mom of you kids. And granted she had five kids and then she went on to have a million kids with her blended family, you know? And so I can't imagine her having to juggle that as well as social media. And so, I mean, she had other challenges of course, but it's, yeah, it really is interesting because we are pioneers in some ways, you know, with social yeah. media and technology as parents. That's true. I know. I'm a little older than you guys. So when I was dating, like in college, my first couple years, we didn't have cell phones. And so I always say that. I'm like, I am so glad I didn't have a cell phone when I was dating because I think I would have read into texts. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, well, what do they mean by this? And what are they saying by this? And yeah. well, if they called, why didn't they leave a message? You know, back mm-hmm. then it was more leaving it on an answer machine yes or no or if some roommate wouldn't answer call waiting or something yeah that's that kind of shows my age I didn't get a cell phone until I was married but oh wow yeah yeah so I didn't have that it was weird just starting to text when we were dating and stuff but but then you know you think about the kids these days and like you were saying you know you have a new teenager and Mm -hmm. 
I mean, all the craziness that goes with texting and social media with them. So yeah, we're not even to so social media yet. Cause we won't, we're not going to do that until later if she wants it. But, um, even just with texting, it provides yeah. some enough drama and mm-hmm. yeah. group texts. And did I get invited in and did I not? And there's already drama with having, you know, a gab phone, yep. you know, or a simplified cell phone. And so, man, totally. you just try and take it one step at a time. Do you have like a fun or interesting fact or story that you could share about yourself to help us get to know you better? Okay. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind and Lindsay, you were there for this transition, but I moved to Australia when I was, when I finished ninth grade, I remember going home one day from school and my mom said, what if we moved to Australia? And I was like, what? And then she shared more about the situation and the offer that my stepdad got to move our family there for his work and open up a branch of his business there. And this was back in the day before cell phones, before internet, basically. And, um, we just didn't have that connection at our fingertips like we do now, or even just, I didn't know much about Australia besides like Crocodile Dundee, you know, (laughs) when I heard about that, um, I've always had an adventurous spirit. So I was really excited to go. And it's interesting that I was so excited because that for me was normal. Right. But my own daughter is quite the homebody and I'm trying to get her to like move to Florida for one school year. And she's just like, doesn't want to, you know, anyway, but that was my adventure was moving out there. And um, that's really cool. Yeah. It was a really great experience for me. How long were you there? I was there for four years. Also all through high school, all through high school. And then a year after, yeah, I was there for, um, I stayed a little longer afterward to work and stuff. So yeah. And Australia is not close. Like it's not like even Europe's closer. Yeah. In terms of like a flight to get there and without any, I mean, I'm sure, well, Back then, I'm sure it was like long distance calling. You had to pay for that. So it wasn't like you were able to just call your friends and chat. Right. Yeah. Yep. We had the calling cards and all of that. So, yeah. That's interesting you bring that up because I think part of that was that I love to write. And so I did write letters mm. and I wrote long emails and I didn't let my friends go. I was like, hey, here's everything that's going on in my life. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Right back. And, and also not just me, but I had good friends. You remember Holly Scott yes. party. Yeah. Uh-huh. She was so kind and threw me that goodbye party. And yeah, she was really good at keeping in touch with me. And also Carly mm. is another Carly. Yeah. I thought of Carly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's awesome that you, I think that's really fun that like your love for writing came out so early in that way. So you're writing letters and things to friends and emails. Did you start, I'm just curious about this. Like, did you write as a kid or teenager, you know, not like novel type stuff or did that come later? So I just went through some old boxes actually the other day and I found a big manuscript that I wrote in middle school where we both attended at Crescent View Middle. Yes. And yes. I had written a horror story for the reflections contest. Oh cool. called oh, awesome. Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> and um yeah, so I definitely did. I wrote stories and loved writing ever since I was just little and I would write and write and write and I made little books and um yeah, so I definitely have been writing my whole life. That's really cool because I, I I have a nine year old daughter and she just wrote a book about an elf and it's nine nine pages with oh. like she cut and pasted pictures from the internet she found to go along with her story and she printed out one for each of her teachers because she does Chinese immersion. So for each teacher and then we get one, but we don't get to 
She's reading it to us on Christmas Eve. Oh, and so when I saw you taught a class for little kids, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to probably sign her up. You because should. She, she sounds like it. my dream student. Those are the type, <laughs> those are the people that I made the course for. Because some people are like, oh, will it help my kid who hates to write? I'm like, maybe, mm-hmm. but I'm really writing it for the kids who love to write and just to keep that mm-hmm. spark alive. Because some parents are like, this is all her or him and they're just taking off and I want to support them, but I don't know how. And I'm like, me, yeah. let me help. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. She's yeah. literally, a kid, yeah. Know? She'll get stressed out. Like, Oh my gosh, I have to work on my story, mom. I'm like, oh, for, I'll just forget her. for a minute. I'm like, Oh, for school. <laughs> no, my elf story for Christmas. And oh, that's so she'll cute. take my laptop somewhere and work on it. Oh, and I, so I'm best. excited to read it. And yeah. You should have her do She's the cutest little girl. You oh, would love her. She, yeah, so she would be one of those students. Yeah. But I love that you point that out because I think sometimes as parents like we have these ideas of things we want our kids to be good at but sometimes just like the thing that they're already showing interest in and loving you know like you're saying support them yeah support them in it and and get them a mentor to maybe you know to put them in the right direction and everything and give them some skills so yeah that's really cool and we'll get more to that yeah because that's really cool yeah yeah and then you mentioned this and I'm sure maybe we'll get to this a little later but that you wanted to move to Florida but you just came back from doing, was it like six weeks you guys were there? Or? Yeah, it was, it was yeah. about five weeks that we were there. Okay. Um, initially, we were like, let's move. But we kind of wanted to test it out a little bit. And um, just financially and with me going to school and everything, we decided mm-hmm. it was best just to do an extended little sabbatical for our family rather than move everyone right now in the middle of the school year. So, yeah, we ended up just living there for five weeks, and it was amazing. It was so And you really fun. liked it. That's awesome. Loved it. I Which love it Which part there. of Florida were you at? So we actually, we landed, and then the place we had booked for the entire stay, as we were on our way, they said, oh, it's unavailable. We're like, okay. Wow. So we kind of on a whim that turned out to be very serendipitous. We drove six hours north. We just took off to a place I had heard was really lovely called the 30A area or Rosemary Beach area. And it was from a storybook. Like it was just the most beautiful, quaint village. The beaches rivaled the ones I saw in Hawaii and Australia, which is saying something. And I've been to Florida beaches, but these are out of this world, just up on the Gulf Coast. And so, yeah, we, we started there and then we ended up um, at, we were three weeks up there and then we went two weeks down near Orlando. So. Oh, fun. fun. Yeah. That's so fun. It was I love dreamy. that you a cool adventure. That. Yeah. yeah. That's a really cool thing. It and was. that's smart to kind of like test the waters and see how that goes. And then, yeah, yeah maybe re- revisit it, you know, totally. So that's yeah. really neat. I just wish every family could do it because it's just a good break to get away from your normal routine your normal you know responsibilities and I mean of course we still worked and did school but um I don't know something something about it brought our family closer more than just a vacation because we were living out there and they didn't have their friends and they relied on each other and we were all together all the time and it was it almost felt like the positive parts of covid lockdown if that makes sense so we yeah. did, you know outside of the pandemic being at its worst so that was taken away but just <laughs> right. being able to be there everything's open but um just that time together as a family and 
uh, the slowness of life, we really were able to experience that there. So yeah, it'll stay yeah, with that's me really forever. Cool. And you knew there was like, it was a, for a certain amount of time where I feel like with COVID, like no one knew how long is this going to last? Yeah. So yeah. you knew what, like you were savoring it probably while you were there. Mm-hmm. And then, so does your husband have a job? He could just work from there and you as well, you could do your work from there. And then I'm assuming you, you did the schooling with the kids and everything as well. Yeah. So he, he doesn't work remotely 100% of the time. Now that we're here, he has an office nearby that he goes to with a team, but he was able to arrange to be remote that full time okay. without a problem. Um, he manages a sales team and and yeah, he was able to do that and they were nice to accommodate it. Uh, and then with, cool. yeah, with my stuff for sure is all virtual and, and remote uh, just with, you know, working with Promptly Journals and then the Write for Life content I kept up with while I was there. And it was actually nice because my writing course, my... I used it for homeschooling my kids while I was there. So I'm like, I didn't have to prepare all these lessons because they did have virtual school from their teachers as well. So I just supplemented with my writing course because that's what I know and what I like to do and what they don't get as much of at school anyway. So I just like turned those on and the videos on and then wrote with them. And that was really nice. Yeah, that that sounds so nice. Yeah, I'd like to do that. I know. That (laughs) sounds lovely. All right. Well, is there anything else about your growing up years that stands out that you'd like to share or anything kind of relative or that relates to your story? Ooh, good question. Well, my mom has always been a journaler. And so I've seen her, you know, writing with pen and paper and she's always valued writing. And I think I get that passion in part from her and just that example of taking time and stillness and sitting down and writing is really powerful. And, you know, even without us realizing as parents, our kids notice what we do. Right. And, and that's one that stuck with me. And she recently turned her journals into a compilation in a book for us kids. She didn't publish it or anything. Honestly, she could publish it because she's such a great writer, but she just gave it to us kids. And reading these journal entries and poems and things that she had written throughout her life as a mom, I just like sob every page because it's so special because then I'm like, oh, you really were, you know, 38 once you really were my age Mm -hmm. and you went through this and, but you also had to face some really hard things like a really difficult divorce and her first child died of cancer and like all these things that I had known, but didn't, know fully how she processed those things or how she experienced them and so to read her story especially not just some memoir out there right my mother's memoir that is so powerful and so that was definitely formative for me Yeah, yeah because such a gift because yeah and that just reminds me how powerful journaling can be not only for ourselves but for other people Wow. Yeah. Because I would like be no. better about it. Oh, yeah. Because my mom passed away and I would love to have, mm. you know, and she kind of, we'd find, she was really good at writing letters because mm. she was at the before email and stuff. She, I have a lot of letters she would write when we lived in California mm-hmm. and they're like my favorite things. Oh, that's like cool. you just seeing her handwriting and yeah. seeing what she was thinking about, you know, cause it oh. usually was like a letter for my birthday or for my anniversary or Christmas, you know, or something. And so special. So it makes me think I need to, I do a lot of like type journaling, but it makes me think I should write more. Yeah. I mean, 
just because it's kind of I don't know I can see how it would be more therapeutic yeah yeah and more personal for sure but I always say typing is better than not doing it at all so if that's what gets you doing it I'm like don't even worry about it and once in a while if you have little pieces of your handwriting which I'm sure you do in a card or something Mm -hmm. that's enough too but yeah I think that's true works my handwriting's so bad, I get embarrassed. I'm like, just, oh, I'm trying to hurry. So I need to maybe slow down. And but yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that's I love. I love that you shared that. That's really actually beautiful. So yeah. that's awesome. Thanks. All right, and then maybe you could share. I mean, we've talked a little bit about this, but where you live now and how you ended up where you're at. You moved to Australia for a time, and then did you come back for college? And you did a little bit of school there, right? And then came back. Yeah. So I I came back here for college. I. I, while I lived in Australia, I came to high school for one day with a friend to Jordan High School, where I would have gone if I had stayed in America for my high school years. And it seemed like such a party compared to my private high school in Australia, where we wore head to toe uniforms, hair back, no jewelry, no makeup, everything like knee socks, unisex, ugly brown shoes. And it was just like a tie, (laughs) a pin on the tie. Like it was so particular. And I loved my experience. I would never change it for the world in Australia, but we took our exams very seriously. And I introduced, I tried to introduce sloughing to my friends. They're like, what are, what? (laughs) Like we just didn't, it was different. It felt like as, di- as hard as college in terms of the mm, format. And wow. so when I, not saying high school was a joke or anything in America, but like it just felt different socially. Like it seemed more fun and free. Um, and so I wanted that experience. And so I felt like I could get that if I came back for college. So I came, came back for college, went to UVU and then to BYU, um, graduated from there in English. Uh, but yeah, that's where... That's where I met Clay, my husband. I met him. I was actually living at home, and he was as well. And I answered my friend Carly's phone. She was my roommate at college. And I answered her phone, and it was him. And I knew of him because we have a mutual friend um, and, you know, a couple mutual friends. And I ended up inviting him. He was just very friendly and kind, and I invited him to a party I was having and met him there, got my number. And, yeah, and he's from Utah. And he's um, historically been kind of a homebody. So here we are in Utah. (laughs) Although I would move back to Australia or almost anywhere else just for fun in a heartbeat. I love it here, but I I just have that adventurous spirit. So sometimes maybe one day Florida would be the right time to move somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Florida is a good mix of the beach culture and weather of Australia, but the Mm. things that I love about America. So I would, I would love to move there. We'll see. So I'm curious, did your mom end up staying in Australia, your mom and your stepdad, or did they come back? They stayed for another year or two, and then they came back. So they're back in Utah now. So your family's all back here now? Yeah. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, maybe we should go on to more um, current things. Like what what kind of led you to, um, you know, like starting your own business, your Promptly Journals, and starting your talk wordy to me account. And I mean, I think we know it's like your love of writing, but, and I also know you've done like yoga. I mean, I feel like you're the kind of person that I look at and is like, she does a lot of things. Yeah. You're so (laughs) composed and just kind and and thoughtful. And you've shared a lot of like mindfulness and just different things like that. So I'm always just like really impressed with the things that you juggle, but you also have this like calming sort of presence, I feel like. So, and we are sharing this, um, 
probably towards the end of January. This yeah. we're recording in December, but we're so we kind of have a theme going in January where we're sharing stories of people that maybe have different things that we're looking to that like we admire. Like with yours, yeah. we feel like you're learning and your curiosity and um, you also are going back to school. So yeah, maybe you could kind of share with us some of these things where yeah, we could all begin. Yeah. And- <clears throat> yeah. Well, Allie, yeah. yeah, learn from you. So yes. Oh, thank you for saying those kind things. I, I have a lot of interest and I love to experience different things, but the one thing that has stayed with me from the time I was little is writing. And that's what I can confidently say. I'm, I'm good at, I mean, although I have so much to learn, I feel I, it just, maybe not even that I'm good at it more that I just have such a passion for it, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. and I, and they say, you know, look to your childhood. What, what brought you joy? What made you, you know, come alive when you were young and it was writing. And so even though I've tried these other things like yoga, mindfulness, meditation, I feel like writing has always been there for me and has been my top passion and the backbone of everything I do. And it relates to everything that I've done. And so, um, yeah, I just, I started talk wordy to me because I was, I was a print journalist. So I would write for different blogs or newspapers, magazines. And that was a great experience. I did that for many years, but then I just had things I wanted to write from my own opinion, you know, and, share a little more, go a little deeper. And that's kind of why I started Talk Wordy to me so I could have, it was just going to be a website, but then I thought, oh, I'll just have an Instagram to go with it. Um, it was that to share my writing, but then also I hope to publish a book someday. I still hope to publish books someday, even though I started that account maybe five years ago. Um, I hope I wanted to build a community of people who love reading and writing and hopefully be able to share my book with that audience as well someday. So that cool. is still yet to come, the publishing part of my story, but it will someday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm excited to read what you have. I bet it's awesome. You got your undergrad degree in English, and so you're going back to get a master's in January? Yeah, I'll get a master's in creative writing, and it's something I've wanted to do for a while. When I was younger, and I just had two, my I had my two kids, and they were babies, I got that spark of, oh, I want to go back to school and I really want to focus on writing. I met, met with my undergrad professors and talked to them about doing a master's, but that was, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or something. And it wasn't the right time. It would have been possible, but really intense. And so here I am 10 days, 10 days, 10 years later, <laughs> um, and it is the right time. All my kids are in school now for the first time from, you know, first grade on up. And I have some time in the day and some space in my life that I feel like I can dedicate to this venture. And yeah, so I applied to several schools, including Oxford University in England. I didn't get in. (laughs) Really hard to get in there. But um, yeah, why not try though? (laughs) Why not try? It's kind of of fun and good practice for me. So and then I applied to another school that I did get into, but then I found this one. Leslie University in Cambridge, Massachusetts, right there in Harvard Square in Mm. Boston. And uh, I've never actually been out there to Boston, but I fly out on my own in January. And yeah, I'll just be thrown into it, into meeting my professors and fellow students and just focusing especially on fiction. But I'll also do basically a minor in nonfiction 
So I'm really excited, oh, cool. a little bit nervous, but I'm ready. Oh, that's so I think. cool. So is the program partly you're there and partly online or are you going to yeah. be there most of the time? No. So it's low residency, which is really amazing that they have these options for writers because it's for anyone, like whether you're a mom, you're working both, like whatever your life looks like, this can fit into your life. And uh, so you go out for 10 days or so twice a year for two years, which I think that's a huge draw for me. If it was 100% online, I probably wouldn't do it, to be honest with you, because I'm a very much in-person connect type of person. And so being able to be there and meet with my professors face to face and go to the seminars and hear from these amazing authors and teachers uh, will, I think, really make a difference in what I learn and what I'm able to take home with me. So yeah, it's just twice a year I'm out there and then I'm... So I'm pretty sure I have a really good friend from California, Amy. I'm pretty sure she did that same program. Oh, did she? Um, it's probably been 10 years since she did it, but she did the creative writing thing um, mm-hmm. and went out there. And I remember her being gone because she had kids too. And so there was like this, okay, my husband's kind of taking charge for mm-hmm. 10 days. And I, I have, I'm going to have to find out. For she sure, went but to I, Leslie, you think? I think so, because oh I remember Massachusetts. I'm like, I'm going to have to, maybe, but okay. maybe it could have been Vermont. Vermont is a really popular one. So if she, Vermont, yeah, I, I first, that's the most popular one I feel like among, anyway, but that one's for like, especially for writers who write for kids, like, or young that is adult. Her, hers is like a young adult. Okay. okay it could so be. So it must've been the Virginia one, but very similar setup. She loved it. Cause she loved that too. Like being around people, being in workshops, being with yeah. the professors. So do you, what are your plans? Like what, once you're graduated, are you feeling like this is like, obviously it's going to fine tune your writing skills a ton. What else? Like, are you considering teaching? Is it mostly for, for your own classes that you're going to be teaching or are you considering like teaching in the schools? I mean, yeah. What, what do you think you'll do mostly? Or what are your plans as of now? Yeah. So my purpose in going, um, is really just to go deeper with my craft I've written cool. books by myself. You know, I've written two full-length novels by myself, and I've written a ton. But I'm to a point where I need more mentors, and I need to be challenged more, and I need... Um, I just really need to take my craft to the next level. And that just for myself, but then also so that I can reach people better with my writing through publishing mm-hmm. And just through, I just want to be better at what I love, you know, that's really the goal. And so that's more than anything, that's why I'm doing it. But so I haven't thought a ton about the end goal because that's really, I guess that's my end goal. But after, Mm. after the program, I have considered teaching for sure. I want to continue to do online courses and I want to create a course for adults, but I wanted, I have my kids course now. I've been teaching creative writing courses for kids over the years. And so I felt like I was ready to do that. Teaching for adults for some reason scares me a little more, but I feel like once I have some of my degree under my belt, I'll feel more credentialed and I'll feel more ready to do that. So that is a goal. I might teach at, um, I'll be qualified to teach at the university level, teach writing at the university level once I graduate. And so I'm interested in that. I don't, I don't know yet if I would be great at it or not, but I'm, I'm thinking about it. So yeah, just yeah, that'd be great. Fugles. So, are your novels you've written? I'm just curious, like what type of what are they? Very similar? Are they different? Like, what is your type of genre? It, yeah, the yeah. genre, I guess. So, the first one is 
historical romance, but it's dual timeline. And so it's part historical romance, part contemporary romance, but there's history weaved throughout because Mm -hmm. yeah, you go, it's the same Mm -hmm. place and it's based in a place that I truly, I really visited in England in the countryside. It just stayed with me. It was this little village that looks like it's from, you know, the holiday or something. It's so picturesque Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it just felt like otherworldly to be in a place so old because they had this chapel there and inside there's a knight that was buried there and there's like this statue and he fought in two crusades and so this was back in like the 1100s or something that he was there and I'm standing there thinking oh my gosh how and the graveyard too I'm just like I've never been around anything so old and the only thing standing between me and like this night or the people that used to live here is time. And what is time anyway? You know, so my head started spinning. And so I made this story about a girl who goes there to this village in the modern day. And then she starts, she goes there to tear down the the historic manor that's there and make a five-star hotel. But then she starts learning parts of the history and realizes that she has a connection to someone who worked in the manor. And and she's like feeling that pull from the other side and her ancestor to to maybe change directions and not tear down the manor. And then she falls in love with the village historian. And then you see the this interplay between the modern day and the past and the story of her ancestor who lived there. So I don't know. It was really fun to write. Sounds that like sounds a fun exactly one. like what I love to read. <laughs> I love to yeah. I feel like you're kind of learning something about history and the past, but then it's a, yeah, it's but it's a nice yeah. novel to carry it along. Yeah. And yeah. a fun love story. Yeah, oh, I love that. Like yeah. Cool. So that was your first novel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then you've written a couple, also, a couple more, right? So I wrote, I'm writing my third now, but I'm very much in the beginning stages. The second one is a contemporary romance. So I'm like, okay. The historical, that one took me, what, seven years to write. It was really a lot of research, <laughs> blood, sweat, and t- tears, great learning experience. But I didn't want to have that research-heavy element of it this time around. And so I just picked modern day, and it's set in a quaint little New England bookstore, and this really nerdy, introverted, kind of wounded woman who works in the bookstore and has built her life around books and has replaced friends and family with books. She, it's her story of kind of coming out of her shell and finding love. So, oh, oh cool. That sounds yeah. good too. And are you like trying to get, are you still in the process of working on getting agents for that? Or are you kind of putting all that on hold until you do your writing course? And are you going to revisit those novels and try, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, obviously yeah. you put so much time and everything into them. Or do you kind of chalk them up as experience type thing? Ooh, that is the question, right? So I know, yeah, you know, you know some of this process having your own. Yeah, I do know some of it. Yeah, Yeah, once you wrote a book as well. Yeah, but it it was a long time ago, and there's anyway. Yes, you're currently in this. Your book is lovely, and I still can see your cover in my mind, and it's so pretty. I love it. Oh, you're so sweet. It's one of those things, though. You probably felt like I look back and I'm like, oh, I would have done a lot, and I've learned a lot since then, and I feel like there's things I do different, and maybe, but sure, you have to kind of just think of all it all as an experience. Yeah, totally, and that's yeah, that's where I get a little frustrated with the process because yeah, my yeah, my first novel, I would have loved to publish it, and I did try. I got a a small press offer. And I decided to not take it. And I had some advice from a really kind agent in New York who I mm-hmm. would love to work with someday. And she's been so kind to be kind of a mentor um, to me. 
And she, she recommended that I don't take it. And she said, listen, I think that you have a long career ahead of you as an author, but I think you can do better. Um, write another book and don't go with this publisher. Just keep trying. <laughs> so yeah. I took her advice. And even though I love my book still to this day, I actually published it just for a few friends and handed it to them, um, oh, which fun. has been so fun and, and a good step for me. It felt like I needed to do something with that book. Um, because I know some people write their first novel and they're like, oh, garbage, glad no one saw that. I'm like, no, I love my first book. <laughs> of course, yeah. I, of course it was my first attempt and I, I can do better and I'm improving, but I don't, I don't know. I don't get too caught up in perfection with my writing because I think we should be progressing. So with your first novel, Lindsay, like, of course you could do better, but you will do better. You know what I mean? If you decide to write another book, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with seeing the progress in authors that I love. Like I, there's books I love and then I'll read an older book and be like, Whoa, that was different, but so cool that they came all this way, you know? And so I just, that's what gets frustrating to me is that do I have to write my like best book ever? And then I don't know. I just feel like the expectations are so high and I get it because I'm a picky reader. I want, the literature to be good <laughs> that I'm reading, mm-hmm. but I'm just like, but I also just want to publish a thing. So I'm kind of in a place right. where, and right now I am querying my second. So it, oh, cool. I do have a few full, because the process is for people who don't know, you have to have a complete fiction manuscript written. I'm just talking fiction, not nonfiction. I have to have it right. completely written, edited to the nines, send out a cover letter, a query letter, which is basically a cover letter describing your book and pitching your book. And then you send it to, I don't know, hundreds of agents. And that's the process I'm in now. Some of them you never hear from. Some of them instantly just from the query say, sorry, not for me. And then some of them say, well, give me five more pages or 10 more pages or the whole book. A full manuscript request is always a good sign because they're like, oh, I want to read the whole thing. So I have had quite a few full manuscript requests. And a few of them have said, oh, in the end, it's not for me. And a couple of them are still reading it. So Mm. I don't know. I'm prepared. Having gone through the first process, I'm prepared for rejection, but I'm also holding out hope. But to answer your question, I'm not going to query any more people, any more agents right now. I'm going to beyond who are the couple people who already have my manuscript, because I'm going to take that manuscript that I've already finished to school and um, workshop it a little bit and make it better but I'm only going to workshop, yeah, I'm just for a little bit because then I'm going to move on to the next project. So I'm working on yeah. it a little bit. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so I may, I hope to publish those books someday in some form. But I don't I, feel, I just have to keep moving on. You know what I mean? Keep getting better. Yeah. Keep writing the next book. So that's where I am. Yeah. Well, that's you awesome. learn so much. Yeah. And anyway, I'm excited to see where it takes you because, you know, and a lot of authors do do that. They, you know, once they kind of get to where, and maybe, you know, you get your, your agent and then you revisit those other works or whatever. So I feel like you sound like you're on a really good path and there's just so many things you can do with your schooling too. That's the neat thing about having that degree, I'm sure. So, you know, it's going to help you, like you said, like hone in on your craft, but also you have so many options. So I think that's so cool. I want to take your writing class too. So when you get ready for that, when you get your adult one ready, I want to join. I will let you know. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) That'd be awesome. All right. 
Yeah. Well, what was some of the other transitions? Yeah. So I kind of wanted to, was there anything else you wanted to share about um, your, well, maybe we should ask you a little bit more about promptly journals before we, because we talked about that a little bit. Um, So yeah, share with us a little bit more about that and how that came about. Okay. Yeah. So I started Loom journals with my friend. It was my friend Kim Stoddard's idea. She was a roommate in college and she called me one day and shared this idea of creating a journal for a par- one parent and one child to write back and forth to each other in this journal. And I thought that was such a beautiful idea and right in line with what I think is valuable and important and journaling is right up there. And uh, yeah, so we we brought on a designer who has become a really close friend as well, Tasha, and we created this beautiful little parent-child journal together. It's like a keepsake, so it's not just a quirky, tacky little, you know, spiral bound notebook. It's a beautiful hardcover book. And, uh, yeah, we, we did it on Kickstarter and we met our goal just right away. And it was so amazing to see the interest in what, what we were trying to give. And it was this way to disconnect from, you know, screens and phones and all the things demanding our attention and slow down and sit down with your child even for five minutes a day and write with them. And we crafted these prompts in the journal to really foster that connection and communication and to help each other open up in ways that you just wouldn't if you're talking or living life. You know what I mean? And so so that was really fun to see that be successful. And then um, eventually my husband and I had the opportunity to, to take sole ownership of the company. So... Uh, we started to run the company, my husband and I, and we did that for a year running it on our own. And that was its own adventure of, you know, working together and being entrepreneurs together and financially making it work. And then, um, I made a connection with promptly journals. Who's also based out of my home state in Utah. And they are a great journal company that that had been around a little longer than we had and I just wanted to make a connection say hey I'm here in the journal space too if we can ever collaborate or work together on something I'm here and then that got their CEO Jane thinking and she then proposed that we combine our companies and I said yes and we merged and then yeah that's, that's kind of where we are now we actually ended up selling the company a year ago but I'm still connected and writing journals for them for the time mm-hmm. being. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, oh, that's kind really of the story. Neat. So, okay. yeah. So now I'm thinking, so promptly journal. So do you have prompts to in the journals to know what to write about? Is yeah, that what yeah. that means? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause we I just love that. Cause it. sometimes you're like, I want to write my journal. Where do I begin? I don't have had a really good day or yesterday was hard. Or, so it's exactly. nice to have like a prompt to kind of get you going on something. Yeah. And it helps it be a little deeper because it's sometimes it's easy to just write. Here's what happened. But the prompts really draw the experience out of you. Like what's the emotional side of that or what did you learn and what are you grateful for? And yeah, so I love coming up with prompts. And I think some of that talent comes from being a journalist where I would interview people. I did that in college and I interviewed tons and tons of people and I loved coming up with questions to spark conversation and to draw their life story and experiences out of them and so I think that gave me a good base for writing these journals because then I was able to think of questions that would help you know draw people's experiences out of them and just from my own experience journaling and how therapeutic it's been for me it was fun to be able to use that skill 
to make it my life's work and, you know, to be paid for it. You know, that was, that was a really fun and fulfilling experience. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. We started a tradition and it it did last longer than I thought it would, but we don't do it anymore, but it makes me want to go back to it. But I had kind of my own prompts and my kids and I, and my husband would try to like every Sunday, let's write, how did you serve someone who served you this week? How could you, you know, be a better friend or how, how did you feel like that you were a good friend? I don't know, just random things, but it was kind of the same every week. And so I could see over time, my kids were like, oh. at first they were excited about it. And then it was more like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know, last week I wrote that. I don't know. What you... I mean, actually I got my idea, the idea for my niece and anyway, so it makes me, oh, I should get my kids one of these journals. I know, I need to look. I want to um, encourage writing and journaling and some kids, like my nine-year-old, it was all about it, was sitting down, the one that just wrote them, the yeah. elf story. My 15-year-old boy was, I'm like, you got to write more than like five words. Five words. Just yeah. give me at least a sentence, a full sentence. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's awesome. I got to Yeah, get some. that's cool. I was thinking about, so my aunt, I have an aunt that's a school, well, she was a school teacher. She's retired now. But like during COVID, I remember being kind of stressed about, oh, like, how am I going to keep my kids doing their work and learning and things? And I remember she told me, just have them write every day. That's all. I mean, the schoolwork, fine, try to keep up on it. But if they could just write a journal entry every day and try Mm -hmm. to encourage them to write as much, you know, that is what teaches them more than anything is just Mm -hmm. writing the words down, thinking through what they're going to write. And so I think it's really cool that you know, you and Promptly Journeys are providing a structure for that. I've always just remembered that what she told me. And I do think it's hard because some kids are more inclined to want to sit down and write than others. Mm -hmm. That's always stuck with me. Yeah, because I feel like my 18-year-old just kind of likes to journal, so she does it. But the other kids that it's not as like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do you have any tips for parents, like, Mm -hmm. on how to encourage writing? And like we kind of talked about earlier, some are just drawn to it more than others. But And it sounds like something like the Promptly Journal would be helpful, because at least Mm -hmm. they would know what to write about. They'd get better elaborating or get better at expounding on things, but at least it's a start. Right, right. Anyway, if you have other tips. Absolutely, yeah. So like you said, the prompted journals really help, because sometimes we just need a prompt, right? A question something that is interesting to us that we can answer to get us started. So yeah, definitely having prompts is a huge help, but also tying the habit of journaling to something else you're already doing. So we have our journaling time on Sundays um, and we, I'll just pull out the journals. I'll open it up to a page that I think will spark their interest that day or whatever. And either that, or sometimes I want to ask them a prompt and I have a question, or if we just had a memorable family experience or trip, I'll want them to write about that. So I'll write my own prompt for them. Um, and then I'll leave that open with a pen. So it's all there. It's all ready. And then we have breakfast. So they're eating and their journals right there. And it's not a lot of effort for them. They're not having to go upstairs, find their journal, get a pen, sit down, think about what to write. You know what I mean? It's just like removing those stumbling blocks and obstacles so they can do it and just making it a habit. So, uh, yeah, sometimes I'll put on music and we'll just write. And sometimes they do write five words. I'll be honest. (laughs) That's all we can get out of them. Um, and other times they take off on their own and they're writing for half an hour. And so it's, it's okay. It's okay to like release your expectations in that way. and know that sometimes it'll flow. Sometimes it won't, but even just doing it once in a while is great. Even if it's once a week. So, uh, yeah, but I think if once you start doing it, the hope is that they'll 
notice the benefits or notice that they like it or even reading back through their journals will spark them to write because they're like oh my gosh look at that and what I used to think and what I was doing back then and then or me I've shared stuff from my journals from when they were when I was their age and they have yeah. found that so <laughs> funny and fascinating that that has made them want to write their journal too in their journals yeah too. that's a good point sharing things in the past and be like oh if I don't write it now that I won't have this to read and yeah, things five, that 10, you would never remembered. Yeah, yeah, if you hadn't written it. Well, good. Yeah. I love that. I feel like that's a good practical tip. And honestly, I'm thinking forward to the new year. And I feel like this is like, that's something pretty simple, but doable. Like that writing we could do. Yeah. Once a week. Or Get them out on Sundays and give it to, you know. So do you, can you just order them online or are they sold in stores? Yeah, I would, I would order them online. They are sold in stores as well. Off the top of my head, I don't remember exactly what ones and it'll be different for people, obviously, depending on what state they're in, but they definitely are in storefronts as well, but not like they're more independent shops where we have them like baby Mm -hmm. cubby, for example. Um, but yeah, you can look online and see where they are in person. If you want to see them in person, you can also get them on Amazon. So, oh, Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. I know. I'm like, maybe I could order them before Christmas. And I know. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe it could be a new year's, a new year's gift. gift. Yeah. Ooh. Like a new year's as gift. As the new year, as we're talking about new year's and I don't know, new year's is a funny time because I feel like it is a good time to kind of realign with goals, but then you don't want to put all these unrealistic expectations on yourself as a parent and, and even on your kids. But mm-hmm. I do feel like this is something simple that could benefit them in many ways. Like mm-hmm. writing is great. Also just getting your feelings and thoughts down on paper is so therapeutic and good. So Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I'm yeah, excited. I know about there's so that. many benefits to yeah. writing that not just having it to read later, but right. just the and the memory and yeah, all of it. So yeah. that's really cool. Well, thanks yeah. for sharing that. That was that. great. Okay. And then switching gears a little, I wanted to ask you, <laughs> so I thought it was, you just have such an eloquent way with words. And earlier this year, I can't remember what month that was for sure, but you did like a series of emails about kind of your faith journey. I'm not actually, or faith expansion story. And I feel like that's something that's like so relatable to so many of us. So I just wondered if you would share a little bit about that, like where that kind of came from. And, um, I think I ended up subscribing for the emails through your like talk wordy to me. So that was really cool, but I just thought you did such a good job with it. And I think it was, was like eight emails or you can remind me, but it was really good. Yeah. So there There might've been 10 or so, maybe 10. Yeah. It was really good. And I looked forward to getting them. I think they came on Sundays or Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you did an awesome job with that. Um, I feel like we're both or both raised LDS. So obviously, um, that's kind of the religious background there, but, um, yeah, maybe you can just tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I, of course had written in my journal throughout the experience of my faith kind of shifting. And that's because that's how I process my experiences and my emotions. And that's how I make sense of things. And honestly, it, it is a proven form of therapy. So that was my therapy. I also right. did have a therapist and, and do have one that I can access when I need to. But um, writing was part of that. And so I wrote these entries. And some of them I typed because I had so many thoughts and I just wanted to get them all out typing. Some of them I hand wrote because sometimes that feels, what I, feels like what I need. But I compiled them into a document to kind of have them in one place. And all along I was doing this, I wasn't really thinking of sharing them, but then I, once I had them compiled in a document, I thought, okay, in the conversations I'm having with some friends and family members, I feel like they could feel some solidarity if they 
saw me working through my own thoughts and questions and experiences. And so I shared it with a couple of people and they, you know, shared comments and were just really, um, I don't know. It just surprised me how much they felt it helped them to read about someone else's experience. And also it surprised me how not alone I was in these questions that felt, some of them felt very scary and new to me, but then I felt far less alone when I heard from these other people, some who I would never have expected they would, you know, dwell on these things um, and have these questions. They did too, you know? And so then I thought, and also felt like a strong, sometimes you just feel I don't know. I have to say a prompting because that's the language in my mind that works, but I just felt really strongly prompted to share this, I guess, story of mine and process, even though it wasn't perfect and I didn't have all the answers, still don't, but um, I felt like I should share this process. And it turns out it was to help me heal and find some peace, but also to help others who... you know, responded along the way and it was helpful to them in some way. So I turned it into an email series because I didn't feel like getting on Instagram and being like, Hey, here's where I am with my faith. <laughs> like I just yeah. I felt too impersonal. Yeah. Whereas email <clears throat> people have to opt in, right? Instagram just feeds you whatever, whether you want to hear it or not. But mm-hmm. Instagram, I was very specific or sorry on email. <clears throat> I was very specific about what this was and, uh, people signed up. A lot of people signed up and, I shared these emails <clears throat> about my questions and the process. And um, yeah, it's, I ended the series because I got to a place where I felt like, okay, that served its purpose. And now I'm done <laughs> with on sharing that, you know, mm-hmm. sharing that. I right. mean, obviously I have more thoughts and I'm in a different place and I'm always growing. My spirituality is always growing and changing. And, um, <clears throat> but that was, yeah, that was a really helpful thing for me and hopefully some others. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's cool. Lindsay had told me about it, um, you know, after the fact. But I mean, I've been through my own faith. I like how you said faith shift or faith journey or faith Mm -hmm. transition, however you want to say it. And so and I do think that that was very important through my transition is to make to know that I wasn't alone Mm -hmm. in my my thoughts, my doubts, my questions, whatever I was going through. It was nice to find, you know, either a Facebook group or a blog or something where I was like, or a podcast where I was like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. Like I'm not the only one having these thoughts or these feelings or these questions and being able to kind of relate to people. And yeah, I feel like I learned from so many different people that were willing to share their story. And, and I, yeah, it was very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's neat. And I, what I loved about yours is you are just so gifted with words, but so that, that was part of it because reading something, you're like, Oh, that is like how I've, I've felt and I'm feeling, and she just has it there. And so it's therapeutic to read. I was actually wondering, so each email, was there a different subject or was it just, um, okay, here's another email. Here's some more thoughts. Or was it kind of organized into different subjects? I think they did end up having a general theme or topic. Each. Yeah. They kind of yeah, did have a kind theme. of naturally. Cause I was just writing, but I think, yeah, they each did have a different Mm -hmm. topic maybe like a different point or yeah just topic within Mm -hmm. I think what I thought was cool about it is um just kind of normalizing that faith can like grow and expand and shift um and I know there's a lot of like voices out there on the internet that we can look to but you just did it in such a thoughtful way like it didn't feel angry and not that there isn't sometimes a place for anger when people feel that whatever organization or religion or whatever maybe has hurt them in a way also just like a really thoughtful approach to it. And 
I think it's just helpful for people to understand that they're not alone with this kind of stuff because it right. can be really hard. Like it can be really traumatic because it's, mm-hmm. it kind of is, um, what's the word like existential. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. it's the thing, our foundational beliefs and our values and our core beliefs and things. So, right. and it could yeah. also maybe be helpful, not for just for someone going through one, but for someone that knows somebody that's close to them. So they would feel like, Oh, cause it's hard, maybe hard to talk to the person you love about it when it's mm-hmm. a difficult subject about something like, you know, your religious beliefs, but if they're reading it from you and they're like, Oh, this is where my daughter's coming from, or this is where my spouse is coming from. That it almost seems like it's just one step removed. So it's not quite as personal, but it's a way to relate so they can understand in a way that's like, okay, now I know how to talk to them about this or I know how to like maybe, you know, address this type of thing. Yeah. Did you find that some people were able to benefit from that, that maybe weren't going through their own faith transition, but just to help in understanding maybe some someone that was yeah i did in talking to some people they were like oh mm-hmm. so this is these are some thoughts that you have about this and and yes they said it helps them see a different perspective as they navigated that with their daughter-in-law or whoever it was and and honestly for me like i have a huge family and you know people are in different places with their faith in my family because there's so many of us but um for my siblings who at least from my perception were or are like all in, um, it was helpful for me to be able to share my thoughts that way. And for them to understand that way, even though I think some of them would have liked me just to like talk to them directly. And I love to write and that's how I express myself best. And that's how I like to express myself because I have time to gather my thoughts. I can write it down and share what I want to share. No one interrupts me. You know what I mean? So it was really helpful for me to be able to share my experience with some of my family members um, who wanted to know more about what I was going through in terms of faith. It was, it was helpful for me to do that. Yeah. I like the idea of written letter email when you're going through some of those um, processes or like thoughts, because they could, they can come off like maybe with too much emotion or anger or interruption where you can't get your thoughts out where it's like, you're just killing your feelings. It's not necessarily a conversation, you know, and if those people need the conversation later, it's probably a softer way to kind of start the conversation. Yeah. And they can always ask you like, Oh, I'd like to know a little bit more about, can you expand on that a little more about that certain email that you talked about or, or whatever. And that's, that's really cool. I think it was great. And I think it's kind of similar to what different topics, but what we're kind of doing with this podcast is I do feel like the more that we talk about like different transitions that we're going through, we can gain the empathy and understanding for people. And then it just, it just kind of benefits everyone because, you know, we can relate and we might not be going through the exact same thing, but we've all been through something hard and something that maybe puts us out of our comfort zone. So I feel like what you did with those, I'm sure benefited a lot of people and just helped the empathy and understanding. So I thought that was really neat. Thank you. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. yeah, I like the idea of, I feel like sometimes everything, like it, people want it to be black and white or be so, mm-hmm. but I think that most things in life are pretty gray or, you know, can yep. be so gray. And if mm-hmm. you don't take time to listen to the other perspective or side, then it's really easy to draw that line. But if you can listen to them, then we can be more united that way. And I think, yeah, with like the podcast title being Beautiful Shifts, we all go through different shifts and transitions And listening to others and what they've learned can also like, could change, you know, our perspective or our heart Mm -hmm. towards Mm -hmm. others as well and our kind of perspective in life. So 
Yeah. That's really cool that you did that. Is that still like available to read? (laughs) I mean, it can be. If someone requests it and they're like, oh, my sister recommended this or whatever, I would totally put them on. But it's not out there. I'm not like talking about it and sharing it anymore um, just because I felt like. Yeah, moved on. Yeah. But I love talking about it. And I still, you know, one on one or situations like this, I love to open up about it. But I'm just not like putting it out there. Yeah. um, The way I was before. I think it was neat that you opened yourself up that way and, and was available. So that's really cool. Thank yeah. you. It, like yeah. I said, it was so, so good for me. Crucial to my healing process for sure. Oh, good. Yeah. That's really good. I'm just thinking of all the different transitions you've been through. There's been a few, if you have any, you know, new perspectives or some advice to people going through similar transitions. I mean, you're going to school. I mean, it sounds like with your journals, you started a business and then kind of collaborated and added that and now you've got a little part in it but now you're going to go to school and you've been writing books there's all these different transitions if you can share some advice to our listeners and to us as well yeah so one thing that I have really learned lately and this was a big lesson I took home from our adventure in Florida because what I didn't say was that that time away in Florida was kind of the culmination of the past few years of what I've been doing and my whole goal with growing prompt, growing loom journals and then merging with promptly and then selling promptly and being part of that, a driving goal for me was to be able to step away with my family and go live somewhere else. Kind of like I did in Australia, because it was such a formative experience in my life. I wanted to cultivate an experience like that for my family. And so my goal the whole time throughout that whole process of the ups and downs of (laughs) entrepreneur life and merging a company and all of that was being able to do that. So Florida really felt like this cherry on top and this culmination of all that hard work. So that's part of why it was so special to me and for our family, because, you know, I, I paid for the vacation and which was, you know, a new thing for our family. And I um, worked really hard to get us there and this was living a dream for us. And so while we were there, um, I really kept having this impression that when we are intentional about the things we do, and when I say that, because I know that's a buzzword, but what I mean is that when we go into something, whether it be an experience, like going back to school or going on a trip or even just a normal day and your interactions with people. When you be intentional about those, whether that means you write down in your journal, I want to be loving in all of the interactions I have with my husband today, or I want to go on this trip and my goal is to find and feel and cultivate peace, or I'm going back to school and my goal is to learn how to use my writing to connect with people. Like we were talking with the faith series and help other people articulate their experiences through me sharing mine. Like when you, when you come up with these intentions or goals for whatever experience you're setting, you're setting out to do, um, or whatever transition you're going through, there's so much power in that. And it's not like we can set an intention and then everything goes the way we plan or that we can control a situation or manifest every single thing we want. (laughs) Like, that's not what I mean, but I, I do know from experience that when we are intentional about it and we take the time to focus in on an intention for that transition or whatever it may be, you are far more likely to achieve the result you want. And so no matter how big or small the transition or experiences that you're going through, 
take that, um, take that time to be still and find that intention that you want, uh, in that moment or that experience. And it will go a long way. Yeah. Mm. I love that. Cause That's I think really a good. lot of life right now is just learning how to kind of slow down mm-hmm. and slow down and focus. Or if we're slowing down to focus on our intent or slowing down to focus and just being still journal writing itself is kind of taking time to be still and intentional. So yeah, that's awesome. Well, and sometimes it's the rush of getting to the goal. Like you're saying, all those things that you've done, but to remember why, why are you getting there? Like, what was your intent? I love that to be in, be mindful about that. And cause then you're going to get so much out of so much more out of the experience. So yeah. that was wise. I love that. That oh, was really good. Thank yeah. Thank you. Okay. Well, um, I think we're about going to wrap up here, but we've just loved talking with you. We like to ask at the end of an interview, um, how you find beauty in life after going through this transition or all the many transitions that, that you've kind of shared with us. What are some of your go-tos? Yeah. So I really try to cultivate abundance in my life. And that's not only like just a feelings and emotions thing, but that's a science backed thing is I've learned a lot about gratitude and the power the actual scientific power of gratitude to change our brains and even physically change us. It's incredible uh, what it can do for us. That That's the one I latch on to because I'm like, that one is proven. I know that this will help. And there's a lot of self, there's a lot of self-help advice out there and a lot of stuff floating around <laughs> advice, but gratitude is one you can hold on to. And I don't just mean like, you know, sugarcoating everything or, you know, always having a positive attitude, no matter what. I mean, really looking for however simple, you know, the, the good things are in your day, in your life, because that will anchor us during the hard times. And, um, I know I'm talking about traveling again because I love it so much, but I read this study. I was writing an article about our, our experience that comes out early next year and in a magazine. And I was, I was writing about that and I was researching traveling and what it does for families, because it's not just for me, it's so much more than a trip and it's traveling is so much more than, Oh my gosh, I'm going to post this on Instagram. Like it's so much deeper than that and always has been. You know, way before Instagram, I'm like, move me to Australia. I would love it. I've always just loved it. And so um, I've been trying to put my finger on that and figure out what it is. And I've learned how beneficial traveling can be. And one psychologist was saying he did a study. He conducted a study where um, people reported that in a huge way, I don't remember the exact numbers, but in a huge way, they were able to draw upon a previous travel memory to find happiness and light during a dark time. And I'm like, this is what we need. And it doesn't have to be a travel memory. It can just be a positive memory, but just trying to draw upon those moments of happiness to inform how we feel in the moment, no matter what our situation is, can be really powerful. And that's where journaling can be such a huge help, right? To really solidify those positive moments and go back to them because you can time travel with a journal. And so, so yeah, I think just finding that abundance and always finding the hope and the abundance in your life, no matter your situation is what will get you through. Yeah. I love that. I think there was, we did a gratitude episode back in November mm-hmm. and I can't, I think it was D- Dr. Emmons or Emmons or something. Yeah. 
that he had done a bunch of studies on gratitude and how it can physically and emotionally help us if we can just find gratitude every day and just the yeah the scientific backing backing of how much gratitude can make us all just have more joy and happiness in life if we're just mm-hmm. always paying attention to the things around us that we can be grateful for even the really small things like you said mm-hmm. and I do love traveling as well and whenever my family just took a trip to New York and we're usually more of like oh let's take me to a beach or take me to a lake you know and we went to the city these memories already my kids are keep talking about the trip and but it was because it's like this this family time and there's, you know, not the distractions of friends or sports or lessons or school. It's just this family special time. And that's a good thing to draw on when you're having, yeah, those memories and the happiness that you felt like, with, you yeah. know, not that all traveling is all smooth sailing. No, I mean, yeah, for sure not. you can have like delayed flights, you can have oh, sick gosh. kids, you can have cranky, you know, kids and yeah, whatever it may be. But, yep, all the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, um, and just being grateful for different parts of even the world and just the mm-hmm. world in general and different types of people. And yeah, so I love that. That's what I was just thinking about. Um, it's so good, like for family time and, and things, but it's also so good to see the different people and cultures and places. Like it just kind of gives us a new perspective. And I always come back feeling just kind of like rejuvenated about life and the world and people and people are good everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing mm-hmm. is so neat to see, yeah. you know, um, Anyway, so I love it. And I love how you tied that back into the, the journaling and everything. And we had talked about, I did a, do like a gratitude journal and I was like, oh, wow, I kind of know what was going on that day just by the five things I said I was grateful oh, for, yeah. you know, in that day. It's like, oh, that day I was really grateful for my yeah. parents because I, a lot of stuff that I had written was about them or their lessons or just who mm. they were or whatever. So it was really cool to, yeah. to And I think back. it's cool how you've talked about travel, but you've also talked about time travel through our writing and our journaling. So I love that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 We can like go back yeah. in time through the memories that we write and the thoughts and things that we're having. So yeah, thank you. I love that. Point. It's really yes. good. Yeah, it was so okay. fun to talk with you, well, Lee. Thank you. It's been awesome. Yeah, so we will link to your Talk Wordy to Me account. That's super fun um, to follow, and she gives great book recommendations and just fun things that she's doing and ideas and things. And then, um, and on I there, th- there's a link for your creative writing class on there. Is it yeah, can, or a separate can we- thing? I can send it to you. Yeah. So you can have okay. it. Okay. Yeah, send us the link it. and we'll put that on there. And then we could even link the article that you just mentioned that's coming out too. If, if it's that out. might be out by the time yeah. you're episode okay. by this out. time yeah the episode comes out so we'll keep in touch but yeah if you okay. want to find kim um go to our instagram page or to the podcast notes and we'll link to all her stuff so yeah and is it talk wordy to me that's just your handle for instagram yeah yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah awesome all right thank you kim thank you we so appreciate much. you taking the time yeah, yeah that you. was fun thank you so much for listening today we hope you enjoyed this conversation and would love if you subscribe to the podcast and followed along as we continue hearing more inspiring stories. You can also follow us on Instagram at Beautiful Shifts Podcast, where we will post updates with our latest interviews. We'd like to thank the band We The Lion for giving us permission to use their beautiful song Move Along for our podcast. Take a minute to listen to the song and the lyrics and enjoy. Find a way to know myself All my thoughts are mine again And begin to understand where to go Now it's time to move along Now it's time to move along Take this journey as my own Feel the 
strength right in my bones All I want is to believe Life is my own Life Start again, my mind is free now I can feel the truth in me I'll take a chance, I won't be wrong yes. Now it's time to move along Now it's time to move along Take this journey